0: This is Pete Vecchi, and I'm glad to be with you today. And joining me on the panel, we have Mick Wells and Vicki Cundiff. And for today's episode, we're going to be picking up with part two of the topic we began last time called, Whose Fault Is It? And Vicki has been leading this topic. And so, Vicki, why don't you kind of give us a quick recap of what we have covered already for those people who may not have heard the first part. And then let's move into the second part.
1: Well, we started off talking about how sin came into the world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve and what the consequences were. God had warned them that if they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that they would surely die. Everything was a perfect world, but we know now it's not uh, because they did sin against God. And so we're talking about those consequences, and uh, we ended with talking about why God is often blamed Uh, for what has happened. We talked about normal consequences as far as whose fault is it, that there's just normal consequences of of living in this world. But we're also talking about how God is often blamed for what happens to people. And so have you ever noticed that people don't seem to blame Satan for anything? It seems like, I mean, if you do, you rarely hear it. Mostly God gets the blame. You know, when people are trying to search for answers, uh, for troubles and tragedy. Um, but he's not to blame for everything either. I just want to throw that out there. We can't just use that for everything either. But he is trying to wreak havoc in our lives. He's trying to tempt us and influence us uh, in ways and uh, that are going to harm us and cause trouble in our life. And so um, we have a scripture here that uh, Pete's going to read. It's from 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9.
0: Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith.
1: Okay, so what is this scripture telling us about the devil?
2: He's out there wandering around, ready to pounce.
1: He's not our friend, is he? (laughs) Like a
2: roaring lion. You know, this is obviously directed at at followers, Christians. Mm Mm-hmm be strong in your faith, is the admonishment there. But uh, I was thinking, occasionally I see surveys of people's beliefs about Satan. What in the world do people do if they're prone to put blame out there if they don't believe there's a real devil, if they don't believe there's a real Satan? About half the people surveyed in this one survey I saw said he doesn't even exist. So I would say they've got a problem Uh, where the blame probably really lies. They don't even believe in (laughs) Satan as
0: an entity.
2: So um, I don't know what they do.
0: Well, when you think about that, that's really kind of an interesting um, paradox, isn't it? Because a lot of people in today's world, especially in the United States culture, um, are too sophisticated. I think I used that word during the last episode, too sophisticated to believe that there is a devil or a Satan. And at the same time, they tend to believe that human beings are, at the heart, good. Mm-hmm. So wait a minute, where does the bad come from? <laughs> you know, it that, that just doesn't seem to make any sense, does That's it? It's a dilemma.
1: That's right. But he likes lurking in the shadows. He likes staying in the background. He likes, as the scripture says, blinding the hearts of unbelievers, which is what's going on there, prompting those, those thoughts and tempting us to not believe not to believe that he exists or or that we're good or that we're our own god i mean that's part of what he does isn't it and tries to uh, be sneaky about it actually but the scripture does say hey he's your enemy our great enemy the devil is trying to destroy us that's his goal he wants to hurt us and destroy us and uh but why does he hate us so much believers why does he hate us so much i think
2: it's clearly because he hates god and believers identifying with God, become naturally the enemy of uh, Satan, the victims of Satan. Uh, somebody once remarked that if you think things are going bad now, wait till you become a Christian because
0: Satan hates that and you become a target all the more.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: And you have to remember too that uh, Satan uh, wanted to overthrow God, he wanted to be in charge. And when he was overthrown by God, not necessarily overthrown, but, you know, cast out of heaven by God, well, Satan wants to bring as many with him as he can. I mean, it says that that a third of the angels went with him, Mm -hmm. so he wasn't alone. He wants people to follow him. He craves power. He wants to be in charge. He wants to rule people. So why does he hate us? He hates us because God loves us. And he hates us, especially, Mick, as you said, if we turn to God. Yes.
1: And don't you see, too, that it's a way of hurting God? You know, if he can hurt us, because we are God's children, and, you know, if I can pull them out of a relationship with him, you know, and and, and maybe in his own mind, that's how he thinks he's going to be number one (laughs) and be in power and authority over God. But. He hates us so much. He wants to break that relationship. He wants to separate us uh, from God. And that scripture from, from Peter, that the warning, and, and you mentioned rightly that that uh, was for believers. And it made me think about how they were being persecuted mm-hmm. at that time. So bad things were happening to them, and they were being persecuted greatly when they got this warning. Hey, watch out for your great enemy. He's prowling around like a roaring lion. He's trying to destroy you. And that leads us to the scripture, Uh, Mick, if you could read in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 12.
2: Paul tells the Ephesians, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places."
1: So, Pete, you mentioned a while ago that uh, a third of the angels fell with him. And so here's his mighty army. And we see that in the Scripture that they have, uh, in the unseen world, there's these mighty powers, there's these evil spirits in the heavenly places. Um, so Satan has his evil forces and they are our real enemy and they're strategizing against us is what the scripture is telling us. So what kind of tactics, what's going to be the strategy that he's going to use against us?
2: Well, I think clearly uh, lies, I think that's his big tool. Oh, I agree. Uh, lies that give rise to fear or discouragement, feelings of unworthiness as if God could never love us. Feelings, and this is a bad one I've, I had years ago, a feeling that I lost my salvation, a feeling of worthlessness that I can't be used by God or for his kingdom because he obviously couldn't love somebody like me.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of that song um, Lauren Daigle sings, You Say, and it talks about having our identity in Christ. And so that popped into my head because in the things you're saying, those are the attacks of Satan against us to try to make us feel unworthy and even not long ago just feeling that attack of some things going on in my life and i just reminded the devil that i know who i am in christ my identity is found in him and i think that we have to continually remind ourselves of that because he is going to attack us in that way to try to make us feel like we're nothing and that god is not there for us
2: It made me think about something i heard this isn't out of scripture but i think it's consistent with scripture when satan tries to intimidate you by
0: reminding you of your past Mm -hmm. Remind him of his future. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's right. I think that also uh, Satan will oftentimes, again, in this culture especially, I like using the word we're too sophisticated. I I like using that word. Um, But he leads us to think that we are self-sufficient. I mean, when you think about it, look at the advances that humanity has made over the past 100 years or so ago. You know, this last 100 years or so ago, um, I think airplanes were just barely getting off of the ground. Well, probably a little bit more than that, because the same. This is 2020, so 1920 airplanes were actually flying by then. Um, they had been used in World War One, but just 20 years before that, the Wright brothers hadn't even. Um, flown their first they airplane. They riding bicycles. Yes, exactly. And when you think about the advances that, that have happened from that to our having geosynchronous orbit satellites that are, you know, letting us communicate instantaneously with people around the world via cell phone or, or internet or whatever it might be. What is it that human beings can't solve? And, and, you know, as we're recording this for our listeners today, um, I hate to, to date this at all, but this is the date that uh, the state of Ohio has just been declared pretty much under quarantine for a virus. Now, um, sh- talking about how people think that, that we are in charge— I don't think so, because if a little germ that you can't even see is causing us. I mean, they just today as of today is the day they have canceled the NCAA uh, March Madness tournament. They've just said that baseball spring training is going to be um, suspended at this point. So that's where we are. So when this when this. um this episode airs, it's going to be interesting to hear where we are then, or if people listen to it on podcast. um, I'll I'll just say that today's date is March 12th. It'll be interesting to hear uh, where that is. But still, Mick, I think you're exactly right about how how the devil um, can make you feel like you're worthless. And on the other side of the coin, he can try to make people feel like we're superior. You know, He uses basically whatever it takes to try to get people to turn away from God.
1: And in Romans chapter 1, it is addressed the Greeks evidently were full of themselves and thinking that they had all their, depending on all their human reasoning and wisdom, the scripture is telling us. So there's nothing new under the sun as it tells us in Ecclesiastes. people are being full of themselves. In our last episode, we were talking about how uh, one of the effects of sin and the consequences of that is that deep-seated selfishness and that pride and so we think a lot of ourselves sometimes of what we think that we can do and what we can accomplish, um, but really God gives us everything, doesn't mm-hmm. he? We have Absolutely. everything. We live and move and breathe uh, because of God, and people need to be reminded of that, don't they, from yes. time to time.
2: Amen.
1: So what about temptation? I mean, that's something that um, is really used by Satan and his evil spirits in trying to tempt people uh, to sin and sinning against other people or um, the addictions that are out there and, and taking place and that temptation thinking uh, I have to have that you know and being out of control really because you so want something so badly and there's so many different forms of addiction but uh, temptation is a, a huge thing but you don't have to succumb to that you know we do want to add that in there that we don't have to succumb to temptation we can say no to it and we can um, trust God you know and not give in to that uh, but can, can you think of any other tactics
0: Well, I like to use this idea. It's kind of like if there's a crack in the foundation of a basement. There might be a big crack. There might be a small crack. A crack may have happened because somebody pounded the concrete. It could be that uh, just, you know, the the earth shifted. The bottom line is if you put water on that, where is the water going to go? It's going to find that crack, and it's going to make it bigger and bigger. Satan knows just where to look mm-hmm. We're all different You know I might have a disposition To be tempted in one way And Vicki You might have it another way And Mick in another way And Bob Well Bob can't be tempted Sure no. he can But <laughs> the point is Satan knows And he's good at finding that And trying to exploit that And with that Our little light is flashing Telling us it's about time To take our break So let's take our break For our sponsor And we'll be right back With the next half Of this episode Of Reconciling Grace <laughs>
1: So we read the scripture earlier from Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 12, and uh, we want to pick up on part of that scripture that says how we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, uh, but against the rulers and in, uh, in the unseen world, the mighty powers in this dark world, and the evil spirits in the heavenly realms. And so we were talking about how Satan um, comes against us and evil spirits influencing us. So the actuality of our lives is that people sin against us, right? Absolutely. You know, people sin against us. And so what does this mean when people are sinning against us? What's this text trying to say to us then? I mean, can people say, what do you mean he's our enemy and that's who we're really fighting about? This person did this to me.
0: Well, yeah. we're all tempted and we all, uh, we all can fall. Sometimes um, I will sin against a person even inadvertently. Um, Not knowing that I have maybe hurt their feelings, maybe not knowing that um, that uh, what I have said just struck a chord with something that that uh, they felt really strongly about that I never even thought about. Um, Other times my pride gets in the way and I am upset with somebody and I don't care a whole lot if I hurt their feelings. Well, really, I do care and I usually end up having to turn around and repent of that. But still, it's part of being human.
2: I think it gives us a basis to see people in a different light too when you recognize the work of of Satan behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so you say okay this other person is being very cruel and mean but I know why it's because we live in a fallen world and there is an enemy of our souls and they're struggling with that too so you can you can kind of temper your attitude toward them in response to sin, too, because you recognize that uh, there's evil behind it.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. And even though that person is doing it, there is that evil back there prompting that. Prompting that. But it does remind us that uh, we have free will, so we can choose whether or not we're going to sin against someone. Uh, but I think it's helpful, though, if we see the sin behind it, and see that there's an an enemy uh, coming against us and trying to destroy us, the enemy tries to come in and in our weak spots and tries to use those and uses temptation to try to prompt things. And I think that's what the scripture is trying to tell us, is to really see the spiritual world and see that there is someone behind all that, like you're saying, Mick, and someone, there's forces behind that, prompting that. And we still don't want to take away from the fact that we can choose to sin against somebody, and, and that's hurtful. Um, but I like the scripture here that um, is in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44, something uh, that Jesus told us in response to these attacks. If you could read that for us, Pete.
0: Yeah, Jesus said, You have heard that the law says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you in that way you'll be acting as true children of your father in heaven
1: okay so is that an easy thing to do
2: it's not in in my case for example if somebody's breaking into my home intent upon hurting my family members forgiveness isn't on my mind Mm -hmm. but the instinct to protect and defend family and it just occurred to me that maybe after all said and done i can deal with forgiveness, but uh, I, my first instinct is is to protect them. Yes. It's, I mean, I'm just pointing it out as a reality for me that forgiveness is not the first thing I'm thinking of if somebody's bashing down the front door of my home.
1: Well, the first thing you're going to do is protect yourself. Yeah. You can forgive them later. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> One thing I don't like is when um, somebody takes away my independence. Mm. And I'm thinking of that here again. I'm just talking about what has happened here in the last couple of days with this whole uh, coronavirus thing. And there is such a part of me that wants to say, we can't have more than 100 people in a room. Okay, I'm going to invite 99 and, or more, and I'm going to go do it just to show that I can do it. You know, that, that's part of me. That's part of where I can get tempted. Um, I don't know if it's my pride, if it's my trying to say, don't tell me what to do. Um, but, you know, again, I'm human. That's maybe one of my areas of weakness that I that I have that uh, tendency to want to do that.
1: Yeah, I think the the scripture from Ephesians is showing us that Satan is the true source behind sin. But you know, also the scripture here from that what Jesus is talking about: love your enemies, pray for them, pray for those who persecute you, because it's important for us to keep our life right with God. You know, I, I didn't add this into the scripture right here, but. Uh, a verse or two or whatever later is when the, the scripture says, be perfect as your heavenly father in heaven is perfect. You know, having that perfect heart and trying to live for Christ and, and behave like he would behave. And the only way that we can really get there when someone has really bashed us and really hurt us very badly, and everybody's been there at some point, is that if you can find it in your heart to start praying for that person, it's hard to stay really angry at them. When you're praying for them and praying for God's blessings over them, it goes against normal, doesn't it? What is normal? Uh, Because it said here, you know, um, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The scripture said, that's what you thought. But no, in in God's world, he's saying, love your enemies and pray for them. And so, you know, we want to be more like Christ, being perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. And so it helps us to keep that right relationship. But uh, we talked in an episode a while back uh, about anger Uh, that Mick led and I remember Pete uh, you and I both were on the same page that we didn't want to feel that way and this is the same concept I don't want to feel bad against people I don't even though people you know I could hurt people people could hurt me Uh, if I hurt people then you know let's let's make that right but and if people hurt me I don't don't want to continue to feel that toward them so I want to do this and try to find it in my heart uh, to start praying for them um But in the scripture, it mentioned the heavenly places there um, in Ephesians. Yeah, It said that we're not fighting against um, uh, flesh and blood enemies, but against all these evil rulers and evil spirits in the heavenly places. And uh, there's a spiritual battle going on, like we were saying. Um, We can't see it. But it reminded me of a scripture in Daniel chapter 10, uh, verses 11 through 14. But he had been praying and fasting for three weeks. He was mourning over visions that God had given him, uh, had shown him of future wars and future hardships that was going to take place. And all of a sudden, three weeks later, he's praying, he's agonizing, it was three weeks, the angel shows up and says to him, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up for I have been sent to you. Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in I have come in to answer your prayers, but for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the prince, spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. So the scripture is showing us here that god heard he he said god heard your prayer the very first time you prayed it but it was delayed because there was this fierce spiritual battle that was going on and there was an actual battle going on between two countries but yet you know when you look back in history but yet there was a spiritual battle going on good and evil fighting of course the evil promoting the bad things going on in that war and and so this was happening it was a true thing that was happening uh, but also, there was spiritual battle going on as well. So the angel said he was coming to answer Daniel's prayer, but evil blocked his way. And sometimes we are waiting in prayer, aren't we? And so it makes us consider: okay, so God heard this prayer; He did hear it. And we've all talked about prayer before, where you know why there's delays, why things are not answered right away or whatever. But We can see here that sometimes just because there's a spiritual battle going on and something that God has been really uh, speaking to me about in this past year of my life is really recognizing this spiritual battle and praying against it, you know, and that there's an enemy warring against you and you got to pray harder. You know, you got to pray for this thing because there is this battle that is going on. So this scripture just uh, shows us that we really need to to be in prayer and, and be persistent at it. Uh, like Daniel was. So prayer is important, isn't it? So when we're thinking about whose fault is it uh, concerning these bad things that happen to us in this life, we do need to remember that we live in a a broken world. It's a sinful world where there's sickness and death, um, pain and destruction, tragedies. These things are going to happen. But then of course, like we've been talking about, we also need to remember that there's an enemy warring against us there's a spiritual battle uh, that is going on um, strategizing against us uh, the enemy is trying to defeat us and trying to distract us Uh, but the good news is that uh, we can live in a perfect place one day right Um, oh
0: i sure i'm looking forward to that
1: oh some days i'm just like i'm ready to go now (laughs) but you know it, it was a perfect world in the beginning and heaven is that perfect world uh, where we're going to be there with Jesus. And in Revelation, the scripture tells us in chapter 21, uh, says, No more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practice shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life.
2: I think we uh, can have a great appreciation for our Savior when we read words like out of First John chapter 3 and verse 8, the last half of that verse clearly says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. So he's overcome the works of the devil already and made possible the wonderful things that await us in heaven.
1: Yeah, and the devil knows that and he's still trying to work to try to deceive us that that's not true. And he's deceived. Yeah, he's deceived. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great scripture, Mick. Well, I was. uh, It's probably almost a year ago. It was Easter last year, and um, I had heard that morning. I believe it was Sri Lanka. There was bombings over there. Uh, Christians were attacked, and we know that persecution is happening every day all around the world. Uh, Severe persecution just simply because you're Christian. And um, that same day, I was continuing to watch the miniseries Jesus of Nazareth, and so I was at that place. And I was uh, uh, at the part where there was the killing of the children two years and younger. Mm-hmm. And so naturally, I just started tearing up. I mean, I was already a little bit emotional just because of what had happened that day. And I'd heard about it, you know, that morning. But just watching that, it always gets to me no matter how many uh, times I've seen that. And so I just stopped it, and I, the, the TV, and I started to pray. And I said, Lord, I pretty much know the answer to this. I, I believe not that I can't learn anything. But I just asked the question, I picked up pen and paper. I said, God, would you just speak to me because, and tell me what the answer is? Because so many people ask the question, why you let this happen? Or why does bad things happen to good people? And I just really felt the Spirit speaking. And I just, as I wrote, this is what I wrote. And I couldn't have come up with this myself. It's full of scripture. It's absolutely wonderful that I feel that this was God's answer that he was giving to me. He said, there is evil in the world rising up against the children of God. It's not my will, but it's man's free will that causes it. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life. The weary are to come to me, and I will give them rest for their soul. One day there will be peace on earth as it is in heaven, where there will be no more sickness or dying or pain. But until that day, fast and pray and believe and trust in me, the one who gives life, joy, and peace in a world filled with evil and evildoers." There is an enemy warring against your soul, but greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Don't focus on this life, but focus on the one to come. Hate the world, but love your enemies. Hate the world and its corruption, but love those who persecute you. There will always be evildoers, but the righteous shine like stars among them. The light can't be extinguished no matter what force comes against it, and that light is in you. You are the light of the world. Your light can't be hidden. Trust me and shine my light and my love in the darkness. You know, we overcome the struggles and the tragedies of life by keeping our eyes on Jesus, don't we? And that's what he was showing us there. We know that heaven is awaiting us, and it's going to be a place that is is perfect, and Jesus is going to be there. But he's telling us, shine your light in this dark world. That's all we can do. we got to trust in him, focus on him, keep our eyes on him. But we are the light of the world, and that's how evil was also, God is using that to defeat evil. Evil when the enemy is through us,
0: mm-hmm. and that's wonderful. Um, I don't think that that came anywhere but from God. Um, just just the way that flowed out, that was so wonderful, yeah, a beautiful way of tying yeah.
2: together those truths.
0: And um, with that, we have just a few seconds left, so I want to thank you, Vicky, for this two parter on whose fault is it. Um, so, Vicky cundiff thank you. Mick Wells, thank you. This is Pete Vecchi, and to all of our listeners.